Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello! And welcome to Get the Table on the Wrestling Roundtable Discussion Podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and the Dadly Boys here to discuss another burning wrestling issue. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts where we review Raw, SmackDown, NXT 2.0, oh. AW Dynamite, AW Rampage pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bunny quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick here to discuss even more WWE releases. 18 wrestlers uh, released overnight all over social media this. We've immediately dived into the studio the moment we got into the office to talk about this. Uh, if you're unaware, I'll run you through the list of names that have been released. Uh, Jesse Kamir, Trey Baxter, Zayda Ra- Ramir, Jeet Rama, Oni Lorcan, Katrina Cortez, Frankie Monet, B-Fab, Ember Moon, Grand Metalik, Lindsay Dorado, Mia Yim, Davey Boy Smith Jr., Eva Marie, Scarlett, Karrion Cross, Keith Lee, and Nia Jax. 18 names released in total. We get to the whys and, and everything else surrounding that in due course, Hamlet. But uh, your immediate reaction to this news? My immediate reaction was, I understand why, and we're going to do some of this today, why the discourse tends to move to isolating some particular names and talking about where things went wrong for them, off the company or whatever, and what's next and all that kind of thing. But I see nights like this, and WWE is always some version of incompetent. It just depends on which version it is. There is incompetence at the heart of the majority of all their releases because it's typically their fault rather than talent. The talent's never had less autonomy. So when we... We have this on Raw all the time, and it's becoming a greater conflict. You joke about something that is absolutely hideous, and then you stop yourself because you're like, that's someone's career. Yeah. And they have no control over that and no handle over it. Retribution always springs to mind. We ourselves have had fun with, he's a bear, and today Keith Lee is gone. I'm saying Keith Lee's better without the bear, but do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, yeah. So you look at it, and it's like, well, there's incompetence that has led to this. There is also incompetence from a PR standpoint, because it always comes right around the time, and yesterday was particularly close to it, but it always comes around the time of us learning that, yet again, this com- this company has made more money. It is more bloated financially, even if it continues to trim the fat on the roster. So that feels incompetent. You are watching WWE's wrestling opposition. If, it, if they're even in the same universe or conversation anymore, take talent and constantly make 
stars out of them or make them feel fresh or new or vibrant or exciting. And I don't even think I just isolate that to AEW, but specifically AEW because they're on a proper platform to do so. And that makes WWE look incompetent. And you sense that some of these names will appear elsewhere and further make them look incompetent. And I just think that's my overarching take whenever this happens now. I felt sad and angry when this was happening during the pandemic because there was nowhere else to go and it seemed crueler. Um, This feels more in keeping with how wrestling's going to work again after years and years and years of warehousing. Um, But yeah, just the feeling was of various versions of systemic incompetence that you have batch releases featuring various headline names. It shouldn't really go like this if a company was functioning well. A quarter billion dollars in revenue in the last quarter for uh, WWE, as revealed on that earnings call, Sige. And yet they still sit here and claim budget cuts for these releases. What a load of bollocks. I mean, it's complete transparent bollocks, so much so that's barely worth even discussing that as a... Mm. Is that the real reason or not? <laughs> like, it's a load of complete and utter bollocks. Um, my initial thoughts were this was grimly expected. It has become the new normal in WWE, which remains striking considering, like, in 2019, what arseholes they were, what complete arseholes they were. They knew that a lot of people were disenfranchised, wanted to leave, but the optics of the company looking bad um, or unpopular if uh, a wave of guys would just let go at their own request because um, I think it was Triple H, as recounted by Brody Lee, said, I can't let you go, we can't let you go, you look like all the rats leaving the sinking ship. <laughs> to go from that to this, I mean, they're just an absolutely pathetic, awful, borderline evil organisation. Not even I, borderline. I'd um, expected this. I've got dark Twitter sources or people I follow that knew this was coming, who mm. are connected slash ITK. Um, and the grimmest part for me was in my head when I read the news that something like this was coming, even before WrestleVote um, tweeted it out. I was making a list of my own, just idly thinking, well, who's on the chopping block? Because realistically, this company's stockpiling warehousing project was so egregious that there are at least 18 more talents that they've got absolutely no use for. And I'm not even including the entire NXT brand um, amongst that number. It could be any amount of 18. It could be any group of 18 people, at least two or three more groups of 18 at this point that they could just quite easily let go of. And it's because they were such total, desperate capitalist pigs two years ago. Yeah, arrive at this point. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing is, uh, I, and I certainly don't agree with people who sat there on Twitter last night and say, these people shouldn't get fired, but this person should. Mm. That is not the way you should go about something. I'm not like saying it. should, I'm just saying could have been. No, exactly. Yeah. And and what I, what I mean by that is the fact that, you know, on the one hand, it makes sense. Like, we, we got used to many, well, several years ago, Around, you know, post-WrestleMania time, there was the spring cleaning. We all knew that that was coming and, you know, names got released, but there was very rarely people in there that you thought, oh, that's a bit of a shock. It was always people who had either been jobbed out on TV or barely been featured or what have you. And it it feels now, Hamlet, a lot more like the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. And, And just to come back to that borderline evil comment. I'm not sure if you two are aware. He's covered up with murder and he's maybe been (laughs) responsible one as well. So borderline's got nothing to do with it. But it was also just a microcosm of this, I thought was on the the call yesterday. Stephanie McMahon. Allegedly, I have to bloody say. Yeah, Stephanie McMahon on this call saying, uh, guys, uh, on the earnings call, you know, done, got boatloads of money. 
We're future-proofed, as you always say, forever, basically. But we have got some bad news. The Miz has been eliminated from Dancing with the Stars. On the verge of releasing 18 people, people who have uprooted their lives and their families. And some people, you know, uh, we've not exactly been highly complimentary about her work, but people who you think should be, not should be safe, but if this, if this was me in that position, if I'm BFAB and I've just been offered a new contract, I've just been transferred to the main roster, you are, I mean, you just must be thrown for a loop. Well, it's like you say, we've been critical of her work and I, I I'd like to think this isn't a day for people to analyse wrestling to feel guilty about saying that this wrestler wasn't very good if that wrestler then loses their job. And I think that's why it's sometimes, as you've alluded to there, not worth getting too hung up about the people that haven't been released versus the ones that stayed because there are no difference between those. Um, I was struck by, like, yet again, a series of spreadsheet releases. And what I mean by that is it's just nothing to do with the television output at all. It's... Carrying like, Cross apparently in the midst of being repackaged. like And just whatever. You know, like Nick Khan's got a spreadsheet that doesn't look at who's been repackaged or who might have been interesting to the fan base. And that, they're just not, they're so far apart at this point, it, it doesn't really bear any sort of additional analysis. What this is, from the outside at least, appears to be, is like stop. And this is a message to anybody. Stop thinking that like one company is a wrestling company when it is not. Vincent Mammel always has always told us it's not a wrestling company, but that only ever gets clearer by the year, by the decade, because this is just their now. Their current now is every few months, they'll look at the spreadsheet and they'll be split into green wrestlers who are safe, of which that list is absolutely tiny. Yellows that are permanently on the bubble and reds that could go like that. And the reds go straight away. Then you get a few on the bubble surprise ones. And I guess that's probably who you're alluding to, maybe like your B Fabs or your Keith Lees or Karen Cross or whatever. And those are always the ones that kind of make the headlines in these because they're the ones that you don't see coming. And that almost feels like it's doing a disservice to the ones that you've mentally put in that red mm. column, you know? And then every now and then you get a green, like a Bray Wyatt, and you know, oh, I didn't see it. So that makes your, your mental green list a bit smaller. But that's a spreadsheet that we can all, like Nick Khan's got it saved on his desktop, and that's the one we can all visualize at this point. That wasn't the now. In, 20, in 2019, the now was warehousing. The now before that was um, selling WWE as a marketable brand. The Williams, Michelle Williams, uh, and his name has already escaped me, and that's how fast wrestling moves. George Barrios. Thank you. George Barrios and Michelle Williams thing of presenting WWE as enough of a brand that you can sell it for a billion dollars. Uh, network execs getting per minutes viewed uh, bonuses and extreme rules pay-per-views lasting four or five hours. <laughs> yeah. Like, that was WWE's now then. And it just changed, like... That's what this business is. It's this thing that is ultimately at the whim of this 75-year-old man. Whatever his now is, is the now that will be rolled out. Nick Khan's in it now. Don't think it's Nick Khan forever. Because in three years, it's going to be a different now, and they're going to have a different policy. They might be scooping them all back up again because of some, another market force they believe they have to react to. We literally did a new story yesterday with the release of Stan Stansky. Yeah. Uh, and, and I used the quote, no one is safe. Yeah, and like I would say there's probably, if you're talking wrestlers at least, I would say there's 10 at most. And I just think that it's like, it's pointless, in my opinion at least, looking at all of this at this point and thinking, for argument's sake, you know, we'll probably get to him. Keith Lee, this is such a shame he's not going to main event WrestleMania anymore. Like, change how your brain works in this regard. Change what that represents. Look at all of wrestling and look at maybe what Keith Lee can achieve because that thing that you really wanted for him, A, did he want it? B, was that thing going to even look like how you imagined it? It's just, because then I will change. You know, like Vince McMahon's 
right, we need to do it this way, and that's the message that I'm going to pass on. Nick Khan's the guy right now. Yesterday it was George Barrios. Tomorrow it's going to be somebody else. And Less that, than two years ago we had that moment with Keith Lee and Roman Reigns, let's not forget. Yeah, and, and, and that's where I think people get lost is because that's when you view it as a wrestling product. Like, that's when you look at it in the way that we're supposed to, in the way that we analyse a Dynamite or a Rampage as a, as a show full of entertainers or something that's supposed to resemble a meritocracy. Like, that's when you view it as that thing, and that's what people remember, and that's what people compare it to. It's not that, really. It's like you either compare it to a three-month period or you compare it to a three-year one where a company like couldn't find its arse with two hands when it came to Keith Lee, <laughs> and that's the case with most of them. I don't think people are particularly interested in the following comment I'm going to make before we move on. But if anyone's asking for the difference of why these releases, people are more up in arms about them than in years previous, when people just didn't get over the cut bait and everyone was like, that's ah, a bit of a shame, but I can see where WWE are coming from. Mm. They should not have hired about nine out of ten of these people because they had no interest nor space to book them. They don't just say, right, okay, well, just fly in at your convenience, at our expense, and work some towns and get over and whatever, they make them uproot their lives mm. completely and then just, uh, well, Florida's nice, you can live there if you like. Just, yeah, you can. You don't have to go home, but you do have to get the hell out of here sort of thing. It's like, it's wankers, bunch of wankers. Yeah, I, I was, you mentioned there about, you know, how outrageous it was the releases last year and weirdly, last night I was laying in bed looking at this, just, you know, doom-scrolling Twitter, refreshing my feed with, you know, uh, PW Insider, Sean Rossat, Brian Alvarez, all the usual guys who brilliantly cover all this. And I found myself more angry than any of the others. And I think the reason for that is, A, because it's sort of like compounded interest almost of like you've done it this time and this time and this time. 71 releases Sid released in, in 2021. We're not even including what's going on in previous About years as well. Twelve. Off the top of my head, that just shouldn't have been hired. There's no mm. room for them. It's, it's it's so weird that, like, sorry, Will Vaughn, just that some of these hires, again, it's it's better not to name names because it's unfair to them, but we'll, in this job, we'll sometimes look at their history to try and inform an opinion or come up with something, and you look at, like, a cage match profile, for example, and they've had, like, 10, 12 matches, and that is apparently the route to WWE, the market leader. Even that doesn't make sense, and that's not a dig at them. Mm. That's, like, 12 matches. How? What's yeah. that about? So they shouldn't even be where they are. They should be being very carefully like worked through the system to get better, and they're getting kicked out on their arse before they've even had a, a chance to do that. So it's even happening before the development stage has mm. been fully completed. Yeah, I mean, what I was going to say is, you know, obviously releasing people in the midst of a global pandemic is one of the worst things you can do. But I found this even more infuriating, I think, rather than just, sh I think I found the other one shocking. And I went on a bit of a rant on today's news. Uh, um, apologies in advance for that one. Because I just thought, <sighs> I'm coming back to the budget cuts thing. And I know you said well, there's no point even really covering this. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's the fact of, you know, it, at least in one dark recess of my capitalist brain, capitalist area of my brain. I don't, I'd like to think I don't have a capitalist brain. I go, you know what? Times are hard-er. They're not hard. They ain't struggling to keep the lights on in WWE, but they're hard. They're not doing, you know, live shows, even though those lost money. But Another then, recorded it, record profits during the pandemic, yeah, yeah. So. yeah. It's the fact of now of like, ugh, quarter of a billion in revenue, you know, record profits. And... 
they're not the fact that they're going, well, we've done that, but now oof, times are going to get tight. They're always going to be making $50, 60000000 million every single time they take that Saudi blood money. And they're going to be out there. They could, in theory, you know, create three new brands to go to towns and do that and what have you. Because the, oh, the, the ticket sales. Well, yes. <laughs> but in terms of, you know, the the ability to make money, and they yet they still turn around, and the capitalist pig dogs, as you said, that they are, they still think about that bottom line. And it's like, that is record profits. But if we bin off these people who we have no care for, that number can be even higher. I mean, it's there's no difference to me between this year and last. In fact, last year was worse for me because there was literally nowhere else for them to work. And, you know, another take that's going around is inaccurate. Like, everyone's going, oh, it's great that wrestling's... It's a great time to be a wrestling fan. Is it? Because ROH is bust. Yeah. WWE have completely ripped up their recruitment policy. Um, Impact Wrestling is in a zombie form struggling along that doesn't have the money. They could build what's themselves into oblivion. Impact Wrestling, if they try and do too much and um, make too many ambitious moves um, following the waves of ROH and WWE free agents. Um, the indie is very... The indie seems very specific and nation serves a small number of fans it doesn't really have the range it did in 2016 you know like and you even you admit that aw's roster is getting bloated now in terms of they can't just you can't just say oh well, all these 18 all the 71 from this year i'll just get them to aw because yeah, some people on the list i'm not being insensitive i don't want to say an aw no, exactly. i get your point there's in fact there's like two at a push but then i'm thinking in, in anticipation of kyle o'reilly and kevin steen who i'd much rather see um, I mean, it's just everything they do is awful. That's the <laughs> flat opinion. We can just uh, it's we're all. I don't like the we've discussed this before. I don't like the idea that like we are all born into capitalism, and I don't like the idea that just because we have to partake in it because that has that has worn out as the prevailing philosophy in the Western world that we have to be okay with it. Uh, like I hate that generally. It's like oh well, uh, you go to Asda and do your shopping. So you're part of the problem. <laughs> right, okay, yeah, you, well done. You've won the argument again. I'm going to forage for berries. <laughs> it's like, a kid needs to learn and be occupied and entertained, but no, I'm going to forage for berries. Yeah. Like, it's, not all, it's not all bad news, because you know what you did if you were foraging for berries? You know what you do? Touch grass. Touch grass. <laughs> it's just, we're born into it, you're numbed to it, and that's how it wins. Over and over and over again, you see this cycle, and you have to, f- you fight your own little battles, and this is WWE's latest attempt to numb everybody to this. And it's working because, like, it's good that you have felt that same anger and energy that you felt in 2020. I didn't. Like, and I don't know if that was just because of the prospect that's, that the, theoretically there is work to find, even though I'm kind of more in line with Sidgwick's opinion that it's maybe not as easy as it looks. I think, I think there's interesting opportunities out there, but I wouldn't necessarily say that it's suddenly a fertile marketplace just because there's another wrestling organisation like AEW. Um, I don't necessarily think it's going to be easy for them, but I do think there's work to be found. Um, but WWE will just want us to be numb to this. And I think it's worth still sticking the boot in if you want to. It's worth advising people to not spend on them if you if you feel something for this. Or, you know, what, like watch if you want, like watch Raw, watch SmackDown, like engage with it as you wish. And we're not here to tell people otherwise. But if you genuinely feel something you can only win your own little battles. So don't buy the shirt, don't buy the ticket. If that's how you feel about that one guy that was your favourite and now they're gone, like, really, really think about it. Really, like, it's not just a matter of this whole, my 
constant bleating on about it's not a great time to be a wrestling fan. It's just a great time to watch AEW. It's because of stuff like this. Mm. Like, it comes up too often. Saudi Arabia just happened, and it was a WrestleMania-level card. Probably better than WrestleMania was going to be in terms of how they were building it. And it's a it's great like, show. A great time to be a wrestling fan. No, it's not, because it just took place in Saudi Arabia. Mm. They numbed everybody on that because they ran a show three weeks after a journalist was murdered in a consulate. They knew they had to get through it because it's all part of That's how capitalism works, and this is the same as that. We'll have this for a while now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. One thing I wanted to do uh, is read some of the reactions from these release wrestlers that they put on social media. And just to uh, reiterate your point there, Hamlet, go and support the wrestlers rather than the promotion. If you want to, if you're feeling upset because you're a fan of Ember Moon or Ty Valkyrie or whoever it is, go and support them. Go and you know buy their merch or do do whatever you can to support them. You know, buy tickets to see them when they do get booked afterwards. But I just want to read through this, and I've got then I've got a question for usage, and it's probably a question I've asked you about five times, including every single time we do this podcast. And it's, uh, I love being in a room with you. I love podcasting with you boys, obviously. But I am, no offense, getting sick of sitting in a room and talking about this bollocks with you boys. The best releases ever. (laughs) (laughs) Ember Moon uh, tweets, all I can do is laugh. That was heartbreaking, I thought. Uh, Frankie Monet says, once I've gathered myself, think about how excited we were when they brought in Tyre Valkyrie to, to NXT. Once I've gathered myself from feeling all levels of disappointment, sadness, anger, and also uncontrollable laughter, I'll have a statement. But for now, 30 days... Is John Morrison not abroad at the moment as well on the European tour? Mm. Nice, isn't it? Scarlet Bordeaux, time to fulfill my wrestling dream of having a hardcore bra and panties match. Cry laugh emoji, but seriously. Now, there were some good releases in terms of the fact that these people have been asking for their release. The likes of Grand Metalik and Lindsay Dorado have, have been campaigning for this. So it's almost 
blessing the those releases. Uh, Grandma Leak tweeting, uh, thank you, WWE Universe, for welcoming me with open arms during my stay in the company. Thank you, Vince McMahon, for granting me my release. I will miss you, WWE Universe. Remember, the most important thing in life is to be happy. See you so see you soon, the king of the ropes. Uh, carrying across to it, and I heard you the entire time. Only Lorcan posted a YouTube video about him being released from his WWE contract. The question I'm coming coming back to here, Sige, and it's a question I said I, I've asked you on time and time again, and I mentioned this Don't on the news. Don't ask me if I can save Raw. No, it's not quite <laughs> that. It is though. Will this like will is any of this ever going to make a difference in terms of general public perception of WWE? What I mean by that is. I said on the news today, and, and I, I sense I would have probably made this decision a long while ago, probably more due to the output than the releases, but definitely the releases would have compounded that. Is there ever going to be a point where people go, you throw their hands up and go, you know what, That's, that, they've, they've gone too far this time. And, and, and I know we're going to always, sorry, we're going to have the, the, the Vincels, the e-drones, the you know, bad faith actors, you often call them, who are always staunch, weird defenders of this company because of how much money they can make or whatever it may be. But I, I read those things and I see the reaction from people. And you also see how they've mistreated people like Keith Lee, for example. And I think, how can you sit there and, you know, if, if, if this wasn't my job, I wouldn't be watching WWE anymore. I mean, you've been saying this for years. Yeah. I've already watched WWE for about this job. So I was really happy in my old one. I thought, this is a ridiculous opportunity. I better, you know, watch it instead of going through the recaps. In answer to your question, it's, uh, it's odd because if you look at the age profile as captured by Nielsen, and it's funny, we make memes about it. This audience is quite rapidly aging out. But, you know, even in the prized demographic, it's still number one on cable uh, virtually every single week. Um, every time you get a bit of a giddy little schadenfreude thrill that a certain market is getting absolutely blasted by AEW, like uh, Long Island, you get, like, somewhere, and it's like, oh, it's sold 8,000 tickets. How? <laughs> My prevailing thought to try and summarize this answer as concisely as I can, is that I watched WWE in 2020 during the pandemic. Before Roman Reigns came back and there was a little bit of, oh Christ, I've actually got someone halfway right. I watched May, June, July, WWE in 2020, thinking it's never been worse than this. Like It's literally never, ever been worse than this. I've seen the guest host era, I've lived through um, two out of three falls every... <laughs> that was insane. That was absolutely insane. Wild card stuff, like just the absolute worst of the worst of the worst of the worst of the worst. And I, we all together, or s separately rather, watched their pandemic output in 2020, and I'm thinking, it's never been more grim, more nonsensical. Sometimes the show's barely even happened because all of them mysteriously disappeared and had to get the five people left on SmackDown to applaud The Undertaker for 20 minutes in the performance center. And I'm thinking, I've never seen it worse than this ever in my life. And they hit viewership lows, but they hit the bottom. The bottom was 1.5 overall, I believe, or 1.4. Mm -hmm. And that was it. It's like, if people were willing to watch that every week, like not getting paid like we do, not watching the odd YouTube clip, sitting in front of their telly, the audience held over three hours thinking, fuck this. 
Two pans in it, man. People voted for the Tories and people like Coldplay. You can't trust people. There's never going to be any big, well, that's it. I can't watch it anymore. Like, there are always stupid people to consume stupid rubbish. I, I, you know, I see, like, adverts, for example, for the new series of Dexter, and I've never watched Dexter, but all I know is the last series of Dexter is atrocious. But people, if, if there was no appetite for it to come back, there would be no reboot. No, exactly. And 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 if they said, coming this fall, um, the next season of Game of Thrones, I was like, well, that last season was the worst thing I've ever seen. It had made me hate uh, a series I've become, a, became obsessed with. I'm not going to tune into it. And yet, like Sidge says, Hamlet, people just, it's a creature of habit sort of thing. Well, I'm part of the problem. Like, I know who I am. I, like, I would like to think I'm with you guys at this point about the fact, like, I, I have these weeks where I dread Raw, but a long time ago, I like, I changed the way I watched WWE, and I don't even watch it in a healthy way. Like, the whole... Cedric's talking... <laughs> Cedric, I can't even think about a year. If you show me a year written down, the first thing I think about is something from WWE. Yes. My brain is wired that way. When Cedric said the words 2020, my brain went John Moxley, AW World Champion, because it's a wrestling brain. And then it went... And then he was, like, focusing on... He went... I think he said May, June, July, WWE. I was thinking, what was Ashton Bailey up to in there? Yeah, I, was like, I like that. I really like that. I kind of change that about myself, and they capitalise on that over and over and over and over again. So I just try and be discerning. I, if I don't like it, I'm not going to fit. I'm not going to be a drone. I'm not going to. Well, this is. Come on, this is rubbish. What are you doing? Um, but it becomes about investment, and it becomes about. I would love nothing more. The um, the WWE are over here at the moment doing house shows, and they used to do the taping things and. Um, you could have a really fun couple of nights. We had a great time when like we went. House shows or like go to the city where the taping is, couple of nights on the drink, couple of wrestling shows, see the stars, have nothing but fun memories of a great time. This product is unwatchable at that level at the moment. Like I couldn't think of much worse than sitting in a raw crowd. It, oh it God, looks man. it looks tiring. It looks painful. It looks like the worst way to get one of the giddy thrills that wrestling gives you, which is to see see the stars. You know when they'll say, like, nothing is like watching the WWE live? What they mean by that is, our oh, guys are amazing. Look at them. Like, it's still that Vince McMahon airport test, and you can't see them in airports, so you see them in buildings. That's what they mean when they say there's nothing like seeing WWE live. That pitch isn't working anymore because 52 weeks, or 51, if you go into the live show, the other 51 weeks, it's just interminable rubbish. And I don't think that, um, if, if you don't see that or you don't feel that, then more power to you because they've, cultivated a fan base seemingly you know we call them drones and mutants that probably rules out some people that like this that are sitting there watching it and like it there's only about 78 people on twitter who are like this <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah and, and, you need, and you should acknowledge them michael sidrick that's the uh, thing you should do when you say like one point was it 1.5 maybe those performance center i think they went down to 1.5 and it was like the worst thing they'd ever done and it was like it wasn't looking like it was getting any better but nor was it looking and like better. what's dynamite seeing at the moment like 1.4 or something 1.3. It's not right, is it? Like they're 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 it's different. Frustrating. Audi- they're different audiences. Yeah, like, they're different. Or- one's a, like one's a wrestling show, one's a WWE show. Because you can't like you look at those two numbers and you obviously compare them for all the obvious reasons, but you shouldn't because they're not like that. That 1.3 feels entirely different to that 1.5. It's odd though because like we could use any examples from any of the pop culture that we consume and say, well, it's almost understandable that the critically revered product is um, not as popular on a mass scale as the less critically reviewed product. I am going to just, at the driving or a better musical act than Ed Sheeran. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I, I get it. I, I get why. I was thinking music because I was like, I'd go see the Spice Girls. I'd also go see the Cribs. I wouldn't compare them. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, yeah. 
Like, I understand it on that basis. But, like, WWE is just so weird. That it's like <laughs> Ed Sheeran's doing, like, Gabba. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it Ed is. Sheeran's doing Gabba music. It's like, I, I can understand why you would prefer Ed Sheeran at the drive-in. One's easier to consume. One's bland. People like bland. But, like, it's just so bizarre, some of WWE's. Decisions. It's like Ed Sheeran doing Gabba, and, like, you've got, like... Karen's listening to it <laughs> through his like four hour jazz standard because he's, he's closing with Galway girl like yeah, it's just, it's that's oh, it just doesn't work does it so that's what breaks my brain when it comes to analysing the two products because WWE breaks that rule of mass yes. pop culture yeah it's just his guitar wasn't tuned in correctly but you know acknowledge uh, the 18 <laughs> or something I don't know but just we, there's an elephant in the room we need to get to in a second. But before we do that, one of the things that I uh, talked about uh, on the news as well was the fact that I first the first release I saw last night was Only Lorcan. I uh, was just scrolling through it and I saw Only Lorcan got released. I thought it's a real shame. It's not necessarily a surprise because we watched him on NXT 2.0 being used as he asked for it once. Yeah, and he's asked for it as his Grand Metalik, as his Lindsay Dorado. He's been used as a guy who loses well to the guys that they actually like. And I sat there and I thought, it's a real shame because he was part of that fun, you know, he was part of McAfee's Bastards for a while and and that. And then I saw, obviously, the the wave of releases coming. Can't use fun to describe what he was doing in the last four months. Let's not be fake about it. No, no, I, I mean, yeah, exactly. And I was thinking more of the... The, when he was part of that McAfee group. He's had a half-decent WWE yes. career. That's, yeah. that's the only Lorcan take, isn't it? Like the- Then you, like, I just, I come back to Keith Lee and all this. I have all these names and no, you know. Stuck him in a t-shirt because they think he's fat. Like, it's not a surprise. Like, I tweeted this and it, and it, it, it got a huge reaction online. The photo of him celebrating Great American Bash, both titles. And we've t- discussed whether or not that was a good idea on many, many occasions. But I look at that. I look at... Him and Brock, for example, at the Royal Rumble. I look at uh, him and Roman at Survivor Series 2019, and it, it is mind-boggling, and yet simultaneously a sigil, no doubt, attest to, not surprising whatsoever, that they screwed this guy up. It, it's not a hot what take. Was fat? Yeah, it's it's just not a hot take at this point. Um, Keith Lee, legitimately, I think, and I, it's a subjective take, I guess, because people can watch it and have their own opinions, but in my opinion, Keith Lee was subjectively... Really, really hot for, I would say, about three months and related to three isolated incidents. Roman Reigns at Survivor Series, shoving Adam Cole into the crowd on NXT, and the genuine belief that he was a good outside bet to eliminate Brock Lesnar from the, the Brock Rumble. And as usual, WWE gets dumb luck every few months, and most of the time they don't capitalise on it, and they didn't capitalise on him. And that is the end of the Keith Lee story. You can take the raw call-up and the stupid gear and... Randy Orton thing's going to end well for him. What, like what? None of it matters because we all knew it. That was the that was the moment. And every now and then they strike while an iron is hot in WWE. Like every now and then, and it's always dumb luck that it happens. And then when they when they when they see that, sometimes they're able to capitalise. I would say Becky Lynch was a bit of an example of that. A bit of dumb luck. They were turning her heel, so you could still count the man's run as dumb luck because they turned a heel at SummerSlam, and not once was she booed for any of her supposedly heelish antics. And she would have been probably soundly defeated by Ronda at Survivor Series had Nia Jax not got involved. Very possibly, yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, they'll get the dumb luck and sometimes they capitalise on it and sometimes they don't and Keith Lee, they didn't. Karrion Cross, I would even argue, sorry, just another one. I'm not a Karrion Cross fan and I'd be lying if I said I was. There's enough podcasts as evidence. Yes. Like, however, however, um, 
I think there was a very, very small window where he looked like he was going to be Triple H's last NXT success story. And I would say that was in the Tommaso Ciampa match and in that fairly memorable visual of him in the Eagle's Nest when Keith Lee was celebrating with those belts. I was like, well, they're committed. Like, and then he... Whatever happens, happens. He was a bit rubbish. Yeah, he was a bit rubbish. He got injured in the match against Keith Lee, and that match wasn't good enough that people were like, oh, God, I need carrying Crossback. If that match was a total banger and he gets injured, it'd be like that Finn Balor energy, wouldn't it? Where it was like, oh, got to get back as quick as possible and get back in the hunt. And it didn't happen for him. But again, like, they had this one thing that briefly felt like it was working. And for various reasons, in this case, an injury, but also a pretty rubbish match. It wasn't capitalised upon, and it was gone. That was it. It was, And that's... Like I, th- I genuinely think at this point you can apply that to virtually everybody in the entire WWE system now NXT included because they're not separate and it's that like that's always going to be the way. So this list has got those people in, but like the next one will too. It's if you if when they're not capitalised upon and only Larkin for example with Pat McAfee or in Five Star Classics with Drew McIntyre or you know, like legitimately great tag matches when it was him and Birch in the Undisputed Era like great for a minute nothing after the fact. That's that's the trajectory if you're not capitalised upon and you're not built and built and built and actually become a star. And it's also, as you often say, uh, accidental, i.e. everything they have their hands on is ruined. They're, they're the opposite of... What's the bloke who told Midas. Them? Midas. They've got the opposite of the Midas touch. The bloke. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, you say often that great things happen when they're not watching, i.e. they go, oh, just go out there and wrestle for 10 minutes. And then, because they're sensational wrestlers, a lot of the people... They pull it out of the bag because WWE doesn't have any involvement in that side of things, potentially. I mean, yeah. They don't do anything good on purpose. Like Roman Reigns, The Shield, in the past decade, what have they done? That's like good on purpose. Apart from NXT. Yeah, it's, you, you'd have to think a while. It's always about the talent that every now and then force something this through. Force a will. A fan's support for a talent. This is that a kind of thing. tangent discussion, but basically this company in its own canon has depicted itself as an incompetent, systemically incompetent, oppressive heel machine against which Becky Lynch had to fight to get over, Daniel Bryan had to fight to get over, CM Punk had to fight to get over, and they even regurgitated it with like a with Kofi Mania. Um, Vince McMahon was in the ring saying, oh, Kofi Kingston's a bit B+. It's like, they're so incompetent that they broadcast their incompetence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, now, I said we were going to come back to this because, uh, you know, their, their future endeavour in their people in the usual heartless way that they do, they say it's actually due to budget cuts. And then there's this interesting twist in the tale of all this where if this may be true, I may have to say, you know what, I think I support WWE with some of these releases. And that is the story that has come out as well um, from the New York Post, uh, Ryan Glashbeagel and Fightful Select who also reported this. Uh, that Nia Jax, along with uh, several others, uh, I believe at least five Fightful Select said, uh, one of the reasons that they were released was not just bollocks budget cuts, but to being openly unvaccinated. I think we're all in unanimous uh, support of vaccinations and everything that comes with that. What do you make of of that, Sid, if if some of the wrestlers refuse to get vaccinated? That's absolutely fair enough. Because it's not it's what these people don't get, and it's because they're narcissists, is that it's not just about you. Like I stopped going to my hairdresser because I overheard one of them say that, Yeah, I'm just gonna rely on my good old immune system. It's not about your immune system, you forty something bitch. It's about <laughs> it's about the elderly and vulnerable that you interact with, whether you have a conscious choice in this or not, because you might be sat next to one of them on public transport. Mm-hmm. And if you're carrying the novel coronavirus 
and you can pass it on, then you might be indirectly responsible for someone's slaughter. Yeah, it's it's it, I completely support WWE if it's that's the justification for I do, the release. But they're not a nice company. No. They are not in like yeah, this, Do you reckon Vince has been vaccinated? Yeah, this is the thing. I do you honestly think Vince McMahon's been vaccinated or Bruce Pritchard's been vaccinated? Do you think Bruce Pritchard's been vaccinated? It'll be one rule for them, one rule for the talent that we wish to have less of an administrative headache um, trying to book shows around different um, countries. They go to England. Oh, well, you have to present a um, vaccine passport. Oh, well, we'll book him. All right, we're going to have to reorder everything. I'll just get rid of him so we don't get this problem anymore. It's not a benevolent gesture. I'm not going to let them off. Sidgwick's hit on exactly what I was going to say. I think there's admin at the heart of this as much as anything. It reminds me of a completely different example, by the way. It's just something that it made me think of. Remember when um, there was a historic, I think it was a historic border charge on R-Truth with Canada. And he couldn't work in Canada sometimes because there was once he was held at an airport for some reason. And it, it, for years later, like this sort of hung on it. And it was just awkward, it was just difficult admin. That, that, like, And there's been wrestlers who, Yokozuna was sent to a weight loss camp as much because of travel issues. And there was a, at least two states wouldn't regulate him wrestling at the weight he was at. Like, yes, it's easy then to say we care about the health of Yokozuna. They, they probably did. They don't want, they, they don't want wrestlers dying on their watch and Yokozuna's weight was becoming a that serious. Two words, public relations. And that was exactly what I was thinking of. Two words, public relations, was Vincent Mann's take on the extension of their wellness policy to ex-contracted wrestlers that could be put through rehab on company dime. He said those words on record, two words, public relations, followed up by Stephanie McMahon's philanthropy as a future marketing. They look at all of this as much from a business perspective as anything else. And even if this wasn't that. Purely business. Even if this was... Sidgwick's hairdresser example, writ large, across WWE, and it's athletes that are coming into close contact with each other and fans every day, and they want everybody to be healthy. WWE have stumbled ethically a hundred gazillion times that this one back doesn't suddenly no, level exactly. it. No, it's like, fair, it's yeah. like sort of, I don't know, it'd be like Jeff Bezos giving billions and billions to charity and being like, oh, that squares it away with Amazon's oh, working practice. He's just done it. Do you not see he's, done, he's donated two billion to, to stop climate change? Right, well, well, that, good. Yeah. yeah, like that's sort of, that's a minute percentage of his fortune and it, like his workers are dying if, on shift because he can't go to the toilet. Nothing nothing fixes, yeah, like one doesn't fix fair. the other. And it doesn't even fix anything because if you think that, oh, isn't it good that they are mandating the roster to be vaccinated um, because the idea is, well, Poor fans in the UK, if we can't get these performers over and they're going to be deprived of the full WWE experience, then we should just not let these people in WWE full stop. Sami Zayn can't go to Saudi Arabia. Mm. Like, they don't care about that. They just care about admin headaches and how it will disrupt their creative plans, which exist to make them and them alone really money. And newsflash, I think WWE might have been slightly hypocritical for once, uh, because let's not forget when this whole thing started, when we uh, sat in our bedrooms or whatever it may be back in May of 2020, and, you know, the conversations going around on our work chat, do you think they're going to stop WWE, stop wrestling shows and what have you? And you two, I remember being like, eh. No, they're just going to keep going. Yeah. And they, they, they said, you know, other companies were instigating certain policies, and, and, and no one's really innocent in all this. But I, I distinctly remember them being like, well, we're doing temperature checks. Like, that's not enough for the time. did some interview where he was talking about some magical, like, canvas spray. And it was honestly, like, fair enough, whatever they were doing, they were doing, right? I, I don't know, and I'm not going to pretend to know. But he was talking about it. It, like, it really wasn't that far apart from that Trump speech where he was like, 
and they got, they got some bleach yeah. like there. But he didn't know what he was saying. Somebody had told him, we're spraying the canvas down. It could, might as well have been like that shower spray that you put on to stop lime scale appearing for all he <laughs> yes. knew. But the way they were talking, it was as if every single match was taped and then they would stop and then they would spray the canvas or they would put a new ring out or whatever it was. And fair enough, like I think you can look back on those days with a certain charming innocence because we were all learning about this terrifying thing and what to be wary of and all that kind of thing. So I will give him a slight out. But it was so hilariously vague. It was just because we were all so terrified that everybody magic was... Magic spray? Uh, uh, got some magic spray. Like, magic the, uh, spray. Yeah. The take was, the, the, the take was, as we all... Like, I don't want to say we all predicted, but as we all thought in our guts, wrestling will deem itself bigger than this because there is nothing that will stop it. Like, as this strange entity, like we saw we saw the Premier League, this gross moneyed thing grind to a halt, and all of us in our community were like, it's going nowhere. Wrestling is going absolutely... Remember, I think the one time I was guilty of that was like, maybe they'll use WrestleMania as a season finale and just give it a think. Maybe like Raw... Remember, because they were putting like Royal Rumbles on episodes of Raw, and I was like, maybe... Raw, SmackDown for two, three weeks will be this sort of highlight stuff, and I'll just figure out how to do it. Nah. Like, Drew McIntyre worked a WrestleMania dark match. It was all dark. Nobody was in the building. And then they used it as main event Raw the next night. Like, it's just, it's a stupid game. <laughs> and we get to talk about it. Uh, we could talk about this for a long old time. In a sense, we will revisit this, uh, but we'll we'll stop it there for now. Uh, I'd love to know your thoughts on all this. Let us know at What Culture WWE. Watch there. You can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at Michael Hamflet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. As I said, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Um, uh, we'll be back later on today, attempting to get back to the norm, previewing SmackDown and <laughs> AW Rampage and Wrestle Culture with a hashtag bloody good quiz, of course. Um, but for now, this has been Get the Table. Please do go and support all these uh, wrestlers Some that have them. been released. Some of these wrestlers that have been released. Um, if you like them, do what you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and be funny, we've got a very dedicated listener who the last time this happened bought a T-shirt under false pretenses. Like, watch out for everyone. Mm. <laughs> that's the best. That's the takeaway. Watch out it. for everyone. Uh, my thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.